Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Chuck plays with grass, Jake plays Gardevoir, Triple P goes fishing, and EUIC is all wrapped up. Chuck, See, I was gonna go with I was gonna go with Chuck spins a web. Spin a web. That's I guess true. Uh, I mean, I we've talked in the past here in the recent past. Uh, you said you love fire decks, grass decks, and you gravitate towards those. Uh, last week you gravitated towards Arcanine, um, and this week, Spidups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually a last minute switcheroonie. I think uh, I was planning on playing Arcanine. I was gonna make. Uh, a couple switches, and then I decided not to. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to give these spiders a a, a chance, because I just felt good about it. And they did good. I went 3-1-1. One, one. Uh, a lot of... Uh, more than I... More people, I thought, would actually care about it on Twitter and wanted to see my list. So well, There it is. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a... I think it can have potential. I'm... I'm uh, I mean, you EUIC was this weekend. I wasn't thinking about what's right now, but that could be later, I think. Uh, and I think it could uh, be a dark horse because it did pretty well. Uh, it's all about setting up enough spider ops to just kind of gum gum the works of every other deck in the format at the moment. So right. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, obviously you did well. Um, the, the biggest question I have is how consistent was it? Um, did you get the, you know, your spide ups in, in your bench set up uh, pretty consistently, um, even in the games that you uh, maybe didn't win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I got a pretty decent amount of setups. Even when I had to go second, this is why I liked Arvin. Uh, so Arvin gave you kind of the ear to trick. Mm -hmm. Um so you can get VIP pass and get set up. Uh, the only thing, the funny thing is I didn't put enough full targets for it. So like the only thing I was grabbing was the badge for Leapion so that it would have, I wouldn't have to worry about its retreat and or right. weakness, right. a Charizard. But um, I was also like, I think it was like round three and I was like, I swear I put a belt in this, like a choice belt, but I mm -hmm. went through the deck like three times and it wasn't there. I just yeah. overlooked uh, the belt and I, I've since added a couple more tool targets. I think Arvin will be a good, good fit. And uh, just as like I hit the, as long as you hit the VIPs and I, I put a lot of ball search in there just because I need to get a lot of Pokemon on the board quickly. And that was really um, what had to happen and the only time it really didn't happen was the game three of the finals um i didn't get enough out quickly enough that i just got outpaced right. um by the by a, a single strike lugia uh i could i kind of got to keep pace because tyranitar is weak to grass so um bonus i didn't <laughs> have to have a lot of uh spide ops out there to blow them up uh right. pretty much That's but good. uh uh it uh yeah it it's still just they can still deck still hits hard so nice well i'm i'm happy you had some success with it i can't wait to see the next transition and uh maybe you'll make this meta uh yeah maybe i i do think it has a little bit of a dark horse to it um because even the deck that i thought was going to be an auto loss like the the loss zone box because it's 
switch cards galore. No one really cares about retreat. It yeah. actually does matter because a retreating is actually a very big part of their game plan. Right. So you essentially, like, I'm essentially cutting off either a comfy, like I'm cutting off the, an extra flower selecting, or ma and making it very awkward for them to play, especially if they put anything that's not a comfy in the active. So, yeah. Well, very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, this this weekend, uh, I was playing Gardevoir um, without Mewtwo. I think it's just better, um, less clunky, uh, more consistent. And yeah, I went to two locals. I went to Thursday, Friday, um, both four rounds. Um, and I went 3-1 uh, and got second because I lost to uh, Colton, one of our uh, awesome locals playing Lost Garatina. Uh, so that I felt pretty good about that. And then going into the next day, um, played the same list, um, plus one card, um, and it was best of three and ended up going, uh, three, three Oh one. Uh, I would have won the, the last round, uh, ran out of time, went to turns. I had game in hand and, you know, uh, unfortunately I just couldn't do it. Uh, ended up tying for first, uh, so that, you know, overall, uh, six, one, one felt really good about the deck. Um, and then, you know, played some on uh, while I was watching EYC was playing online and I just went ice cold. I, I couldn't I, I don't know, like I couldn't set up. Uh, I was making bad, bad decisions, uh, bad matchups, just that and everything. And I, I, I've i never had such a bad losing streak <laughs> with a deck. Uh, so I've kind of in the last day uh, switched decks just to give myself a break from it because uh, it was getting a little frustrating. So I still think Gardevoir is super solid. Obviously, we saw that. Uh, with towards list, which was not the same 60, but a, a similar. Um, yeah, but overall, a uh, good weekend of Pokemon, lots to talk about. Um, and I, I, I don't want really to talk more, uh, much more about my weekend because we do have a guest in. Uh, we've had them waiting for what, uh, five to seven minutes here before we get to introduce them. So I apologize for that. Uh, but we've got um, an awesome guest for you. I got so you. excited about spiders. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, you did, you got excited for spider. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but we got we got an awesome guest uh, from Team Fish Knuckles. We got Josh, aka Squishy. A squeaky is what people squeaky, used to call squeaky. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing I, today? <laughs> I'm great. How are you doing? No, no, great. Um, like I said, just a lot of awesome Pokemon this uh, this weekend. Um, did you happen to have or happen to get to watch uh, the majority of the UIC? So I didn't watch it live. I just now finished watching all the top eight games and, and commentating over them and kind of getting my play-by-plays. Right. Uh, it was a really good uh, top cut games for sure this weekend. 100%. 100%. We'll, we'll get to EUIC um, and, and the changing meta because obviously uh, we had rotation. It's official. Um, you know, new decks coming in. Um, some old favorites still staying viable. Um, but before we do all that, I want to talk about you, get to know you as a player and, you know, as a community. Um, so this is the time for you to just tell uh, the community who you are and, you know, your Pokemon journey to this point. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Josh Marking. I've been doing the Team Fish Knuckles channel. I think this is the 10th year on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm constantly making content weekly. I've been playing it since 2009, made Worlds three times, day two once. Uh, won a state championship, several day two regionals. So, yeah, that's about it for Pokemon. Nice, nice. Uh, so, in the game for a long time, um, is there any like tips or tricks that you've had uh, through the years to keep yourself consistent and always 
um, you know, you know, competing for those day twos? Um, I think the big thing, especially now with like regionals being so big, is like just make a consistent deck. I'll see some people like playing really tricky out decks, especially with newcomers, still really just bling out the deck, have all these different tricks, but just make like super consistent, like fours, everything kind of like tour does. I think that's like right. my biggest tip for players. I, I couldn't agree more because just uh, the the small interactions I've had with Tord, um, you know, he's everything's always consistent, 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 especially in a meta like uh, we are now where it's brand new, less things are known. Uh, so for newer players or, or for veteran players, it's always nice just to uh, pick a deck that can set up consistently um, and then you do what you need to do from there. <laughs> All right. Well, so, I mean, that's a pretty cool breakdown about, you know, uh, your Pokemon journey thus far. Um, but Chuck, uh, we we have Josh on for the first time and you know what that means. Standard questions. Standard, Standard questions. questions. I, I'll take the softball then. Okay. I'm, I'm always good at throwing a softball. So uh, this is the easy one. Some people may think it's the hard one, but uh, what's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, my favorite Pokemon is uh, Shaman and Celebi. They're all, I got them tattooed on me. They're right here, my guys. Let's uh, go. Yeah, Shebae, Celebi, they're my favorite Pokemon. Nice, nice. Did you have any success with those, uh, or is it just because you like the way they look? Um, you know, is there a reason behind that? Uh, so, reasoning, not so much. Shaman was just a cool hedgehog Pokemon. I thought it was just really cool when it came out. Mm -hmm. Celebi was always cool because he like time travel. I thought that was always cool when I was like a little kid. Yeah. Uh, success. I mean, Shaman uh, EX is like one of the broke, most broken cards in the game. Like it's yeah. been banned. Uh, There's a Shaman that moved energies around that was really good um, back in like 2012. Celebi, not so much. He did <laughs> win the regionals. Amazing Rare Celebi did win the regionals. So. Did he? Yeah. Tord played I must it, have it, missed it, that. Tord Tord played in one of his decks to counter. I forget what card what card it was, um, but he used it to counter the meta uh, okay. for a certain deck. Okay, so it was it's definitely a support uh, portion of, of that deck, not not the mainstay. Correct. So, um, is is it uh, one form of shaman that you enjoy a little bit? Maybe it would take the. Top, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, so landform is definitely my favorite form. If that's what you're asking, um, that's, the, that's the smaller like hedgehog one, right? Yeah, that's and, that's the fat one. That's what I say. He's a fat one like me, so <laughs> I appreciate that. So yeah, toward one special bit, Milan. Huh? <laughs> I didn't say that it was fat like you. You said it. Not yeah, that's fine. No, I I hundred percent like say yeah. So toward one a special event in Milan with Celebi in it. So. Well, I, I must have missed that one. That's awesome. Leave it to Tord. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so uh, moving on from favorite Pokemon, let's get into your favorite Pokemon card. This could be for any reason. Art, uh, abilities, attacks, um, you, you know, did you something. Uh, what's your favorite Pokemon card of all time? I mean, it's going to sound corny, but Shaman EX. Uh, mm -hmm. It's was really good. I, I mean, obviously, everybody used it a lot. It's probably the best card if not shaman ex because that's cheating because it's been banned probably shaman level x there was like a really bad deck i played like in 2009 2010 when i first started it was like shaman level x young mega and it just like was this really bad combo but i just thought it looked so cool like level x's were so much fun and i was like yo this card's busted 
it wasn't busted. It's still not good. Uh, but I just <laughs> like the card art a lot. I have it graded and everything. So that's awesome. Very cool. I will interject. I did have a, a a deck that I really wanted to insert Shaman in at one point in time, and that was Shaman V Star, and that was that. When when was that? When was I building that? That was I was like trying when it to first build came out. Team. You're you're all about Shaman. I was all about Shaman. I thought it. I think it's still a good. Well, it's not a good card. I guess no. It's it's but, gonna get good. It's gonna get good. Trust me. Uh, I was trying to build that counter, that RCS counter box, basically something that won, <laughs> but way before its time because I was using three of the wrong Pokemon. Uh, right. uh, but yeah, I was I was trying to counter stuff with it was Rapid Strike Urshifu, and I was throwing Shaman in as the late game win it all swing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because yeah, I was I had B drill in it. That's why I went with Shaman. Um. Mm. So. Uh, oh yes, yeah. so you you did go through a phase of playing the bees. Yeah, and then I was trying to use Shaman to just KO something at the end of the game that would it didn't matter what it was. I'd take the prizes, but it yeah. did not work out. One of my many many things that just don't work out. But next question. Um, so let's go from so you had your favorite card. Um, what is your least favorite or most hated? Pokemon card of all time for any reason. Um, maybe you just don't like the art. Uh, so I probably get hated on a lot, but my favorite or my least favorite cards in general are Pokemon SP cards. I hate like the Luxury Level X. I hate the Garchomp Level X. Uh, looking back at the format, I'm like, SPs were broken. They're busted. Some people say it's like the best mechanics ever. I hated them because we couldn't play really fun cards. So. Oh. I've always had a a very bad dislike for them because they were so good. So that makes sense. I, yeah, sorry, Chuck. Well before my time, so I I can't speak to the the uh, how they would uh, hinder stuff or how good they were, but I can get behind that if it was taking away some of the fun for it for you. You don't you don't want those uh, BDIS. Um, completely just stomping out like the 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 mid decks uh, that can have a chance, but if they can't just set up, I mean that's that's horrible. <laughs> All right, so uh, going from worst card, um, this one I think is my favorite question: uh, Is your your most cherished Pokemon TCG memory to date? Oh man, okay, most cherished. I mean. Making day two at Worlds in 2015 with him out on. Um, and beating Jacob Van Wagner the first day one when he became the champion in day two. So he would end up winning the whole World Championship in 2015, but I actually beat him in day one. So that's probably my favorite moment. Or me that's and my dope. friends traveling to like different states and cities and playing the same 60 and getting like first and second place. Yeah. So No, that's, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean... Sorry, Chuck. Doesn't that mean? I'm, so, I'm sorry. I was like, doesn't if you beat the champion, does that mean you're the champion? Is that <laughs> I wish it did. <laughs> I mean, he didn't lose to very many people, obviously, that weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Chuck, you get the fun one. Oh, do I get to take it? I, I was going to let you do the double dip. But uh, all right. So this one's a fun one. It's a good what if question. Uh, so. Uh, we're imagining you're at your your NAIC or next big tournament you go to in 
were getting up and they're going to put you on stream. And Pokemon said, hey, guess what? We're doing this new thing. So when you come out on stream, we're going to play some music. We're going to give you some walkout music. What song is playing when you're walking out for the stream? So to me, this is actually the hardest question because it this this like I love music so much. It means a lot mm. to me. Uh, my favorite song of all time is MCR. You know what they do to guys like us in prison? But I don't think that's a good walkout song, unfortunately. So anything Juicy J or maybe Yo Gotti that's like appropriate, that's allowed to play at that moment, I would be down for any of those. Um, so yeah, I'd have to go with okay. Juicy J or Yo Gotti, one of their songs. Okay. I don't I'm I don't know those, but I'm writing them down now and I'm gonna definitely listen to them afterwards. Uh, <laughs> so get a little it's taste. A, it's their rap music for they're a very popular Memphis rap group. Mm-hmm. So well I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. I'll listen in too. Hundred percent. All right, uh Chuck, I think it's time uh to get into our middle of the show shenanigans. That way we can get uh to eu uic talk because there's a lot to go over it's time for trivia trivia right into trivia okay so who do you want do you have a card you want to start with i do i have okay i like yours better i like yours better so you are you go ahead and go first so okay um, josh just so you know um we play guess that pokemon this ability and or attack belongs to and Chuck has been doing something lately where he's opening a pack and then he'll pull one of the cards out of there at random for us. Um, and then you know, we're, we're trying to guess uh, what that card is that he is, that he pulled. So this is going to, this is kind of like guess that, guess my hit. Mm. Um, so I'm going to try and pick uh, the card that is, is the hit in the set that hopefully has, or in the pack. Um and give you an attack name or an ability. So I have my card here, um, and this is going to be a very easy question. So uh, uh, we will go with this one. So the attack name for this Pokemon is Energy Mix. You can yell it out whenever you got it. Is it Mu V? No mute. Yeah, agree or disagree? Yeah, no, that is a hundred percent. I was, I was a little, yeah. As soon as just, yeah, it's Mu V. It is Mu V. That is my, that is my pull from here. Mu V. Hey, you got a stamp to Mu V. Yeah, uh, Psychic Leap was. I thought I I went with the harder of the two, but either one is uh, a pretty gimme. I would have got there not as fast as I would like to, but Josh uh, definitely got the dub there. Uh, the other hollow hit, uh, unfortunately, doesn't have anything on it to read. So the psychic energy um, is cool that it's hollow. I'm happy that I got it. But uh, yeah, that was an easy pack to guess that trivia. So I was waiting for you to like pull a Charizard or something and just like lose your mind. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping. Uh, the last one of those I opened, I got the Rapid Strike Inteleon, which is a pretty popular card at the moment. So. Yeah, that deck's overrated. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump on to my question here. Really uh, we're going to play Guess That Pokemon This Ability and Our Attack Belongs To. And today's standard Pokemon is an attack, Battle Claw. I think I know what this is. 
only because I think I just bought two this weekend. I have no idea. Oh. We do have lifelines, but if Chuck thinks he has this, um, uh, he can try to lock it in. I think it might be Duraladon V. Um, Are you going to lock in Duraladon V? And my only... <laughs> you said Dragon Claw, right? Battle Claw, not Battle Dragon. Claw. See, now I might be wrong. Because I was asked when I said, I need to buy two Duraladon Vs, and I swear the shop late, uh, shop worker said, do you want Battle Claw or whatever the the metal Duraladon it's, is? It's, it, I'll like, just tell you right now, it's not Duraladon V. Ah, then I am wrong. So we're going to need lifelines. Okay, so... Josh didn't say it. Josh didn't say an answer. I'm out. But we can use lifelines for Josh. Yeah, so I will tell you, it is a basic Pokemon. Duraldon still sticks? Man, basic with Battle Claw? Like, oh. Basic electric. This is not a meta card. So it's not Pikachu. No. Could it be a could it be Maridon? Like the regular Maridon? Does he have claws? Maybe he does actually, but no, it's Isn't not Maridon. He, doesn't he have does he have claws? I think he has claws. I think he actually this does have claws. Yeah, he does, he, he does have claws, but it is not Maridon. Well, I'm really good at guessing what it not is, so Uh, I will tell you what the attack does. It's the final lifeline, and we'll see if we go there. Um, if your opponent's active Pokemon is an evolution Pokemon, this attack does 30 more damage. It does a base of 30 plus. Electabuzz. <laughs> no. It is everybody's favorite Pokemon, and that is Zara Aura. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no shot. I was going to get that. I, I just pulled that one. Um, Let's go. I, I picked a hard one you this time. You didn't even pick You're the smart. one that people use. I know. That's because <laughs> if I pick the one that people use, they're going to get it. I got to, I too often give you the, the softball. So I had to give a little bit of a harder one this this week, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, my pack gave you a softball this week. So, yes, yes. We'll see. We'll see what, what the my league pack brings you next week. Look forward to it. All right. Well, with that being said, and league packs let's go ahead and get into our sponsor for this week the pittsburgh pokemon podcast is brought to you by sports car junction located in the north hills of pittsburgh sports car junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles supplies packs and boxes available in store and online at sportscarjunction.com don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. Thanks again, Sports Card Junction, for being a great sponsor. We are back from our ad break, and it's time for the news. Which, uh, we don't really have a lot of news. We just have one viral photograph. Uh, <laughs> so everyone now knows where the hits in Fusion Strike went. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> he took them there, all, uh, the, all of them, <laughs> all of them. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a picture trending on the internet that was uh, leaked from uh, some store uh, because there were uh, 
apparently a ton of hits because you got to see the picture. There are stacks of alternate art cards. Stacks. The big ones, um, the big hits. Yeah, the big They were all big hits, a bunch of rainbows. Uh, and I mean, like, we're talking like a, a whole 500 box filled of uh, of these alternate arts. Uh, so these were, someone tried to, someone tried to get the sort of buy all of these, um, but they were stolen off the production line um, at one point in time. Uh, the latest news of this is that they actually did not affect hit rates. Um, it was. I don't know, uh, man. Evolving skies, especially the first <laughs> run, man. I feel like that's the worst hit rate I've had out of any set since I've been playing the game. I don't know, Josh. What do you think? I, uh, I mean, they had to come from somewhere. They just didn't magically appear. So I mean, they had had to affect something at least. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't exactly know how they don't affect something or what what happened, but uh, Fusion Strike did have some pretty terrible hit rates in general. My worst um, birthday ever. <laughs> um, I did manage to pull one of those Gengars, though, so I mean, I guess I got even more lucky. Uh, I guess I should have kept that Gengar because it should be extra special now, but uh, I did not uh, keep it. Uh, right. So, I don't know. It is something I just wanted to bring up. Uh, it's kind of hilarious if you look at the photo a little bit and then just like how how like stupid is as stupid does. How do you try to offload all this at once? Like that's just dumb. Right. But, I mean, not to try to teach anybody how to do crime, but if you're going to offload them, don't do it all at once. Like that's just red flags galore, uh, right? Yeah, that was instant red flag. Um so, but that is that is pretty much all we have for the news. The rest of the news all pertains to EUIC, which is our big topic for the day. So we can just uh, move right into that. Let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation. Yes, um, I'm for some reason now missing the, the screenshot that I took of the day one meta, um, but there was a ton of Lost Box out there. Uh, different variants. Obviously, there's just a uh, lost box with single uh, single prizers, uh, Garrett or lost box with Garatina, um, not as much. Um, and then lost box Gudra, um, clearly a, a good choice there. So there was a lot of lost box. Um, and then Lugia really didn't lose a lot of steam uh, per rotation, right? Because uh, it was out there in numbers. Uh, it, it, its conversion rate was really good, making day two at a 27% or uh, rate. Uh, then we had some new decks in there. Uh, Garatina, or not Garatina, I'm sorry, uh, Guard of War. Um, there's some Arceus box that made there, and obviously Mew, uh, you know, getting there and, and making a deep run too. So, um, you know, it was a, a very diverse meta, uh, but kind of maybe nothing too crazy. I don't know. What, what, what was your guys' impression about the day one meta? Josh, I'll let you go with it. Um, I don't know. I think I was actually more surprised that Lugia was so high in numbers. Mm -hmm. I thought with like it being the new format, you would saw like Gardevoir and and Maridon having more like showing. But I don't know. It's a we did have a rotation, but a lot of the good decks are still good. So it's not too surprising. But I did think that Reg. Uh, the Maridon and the Guardian decks would have been like way more in showing. 
Right. I mean, leading up to EUIC, I've been all about Gardevoir um, without the Mewtwo. Um, And I feel it's like just very consistent. It can hit those big numbers against like the tanky decks. Um, Still, you know, uh, trade favorably in the in the prize race. Um, And yeah, even though it's a stage two, I feel like you can get those Gardevoirs out there pretty easily um, with, you know, your your Pokemon draw. Um, if if you have those consistency cards in the first couple of turns, uh, where you can just start doing, um, you know, for now I've re- refinement and then going into shining Icarna plus, uh, you know, just the energy acceleration. So, uh, what are, I mean, were you surprised? Uh, you, you said you're surprised you didn't see Gardevoir maybe have the the percentage, uh, but you know, obviously it made the finals because it toured, but you know, I mean, it's day two presence. It was there. Uh, but from what you've seen, uh, were you underwhelmed or what do you feel about Gardevoir where it's at right now? Uh, I think Gardevoir was like people were probably maybe a little bit scared of it. And the only reason why I think is because like it hasn't seen like as much success, I think, as people have seen with like Lost Box and with Maridon. Right. Uh, so seeing it in day two was good. It's just a scary like stage two deck. And if you if you hit clunky stuff, then it's bad. And I think people are more excited to play like the stage, like just the basics and kind of like go on that round instead of stage two. So it wasn't too surprising. I just thought the hype would have made it a little bit more, I guess. Right, right. And I think a lot of the the quote unquote well-known decks uh, going into this had a lot of um, judge over Professor's Research because you're too scared to get rid of some resources. But with that deck, you really just got to turn through um, and, and sometimes make a, you know some difficult discards just to get kind of set up but um more times than not once you do that and get set up with getting a couple rolls out there um and then having like an early game zashi and it feels like it's still um really really solid um and it has a good matchup spread against most decks especially like multi-prizers um and i know that the consensus is against lost box it just is is like an auto loss but in my testing i feel like it, it's definitely not um it's more more close to a 50-50. Um, the Curselia, I feel, is underrated in that deck, being able to uh, kind of take damage off of your board and push it back onto the Lost Box. Um, even if you're, you know, you're taking a one-for-one trade, you're also just kind of helping your damage on your end, especially the versions that also play like the Picnic Basket, too. You can kind of do that and really, really heal up in one turn. I, I know that's maybe not the most popular version of it, but... Um, I think there's still a lot more, I guess, uh, to be explored in that matchup because uh, uh, the consensus in our community is this is just a very bad matchup. But I think that's what scared most people away. And I think it's she too because like when Tord played, he only hit one lost box, or he hit, he hit two. He lost to the Kyogre build and beat the Sableye build. Mm-hmm. But that's he, he only hit two lost box in the 18 rounds. So that's something interesting too to know. Yeah, I, that is pretty interesting, especially how it was just overall. The most popular kind of deck because there are we there's also the sables art out there i think you were talking about that one um but yeah there's there's a def, definitely a, a different variety of out there of uh, lost box and you know sometimes you gotta get lucky on the matchups right oh yeah yeah all right so you know talking about that new deck um uh, we can go ahead and talk about uh maridon uh, again not over you know not nothing too crazy as far as overall success but it did have at least one one or two decks that made a, a semi-deep run um what do you think is holding me right on back right now 
Um, I think so. We saw it kind of top eight when it doesn't set up and it gets knocked out. Like you have no form of energy acceleration, mm-hmm. um, and that's what happened to top eight. He got the one right up. He even got, he even got a turn one knockout. But as soon as that Miranda got knocked out, that was it. Like it was game over. He didn't have a way to to counter like Alex uh, yeah. deck at all. Um, so I think that's the big problem with Maridon. I think we see Maridon do well in Japan because Japan is best of one all the way to the finals. So right. when Maridon can get lucky, get that those, get those wins, it's great in the best of one. But at best of three, you can't get those donks every game. Right. Um, and I think people have to change the bills to play like a flappy version instead of this pure like Maridon version. I mean, what about ones with uh with the Raikou though? So like, if you go second, you can you get that lucky donk. Do you think uh, there's any viability there to maybe have more Raikou or Raichu even? Yeah, it, um, yeah, and I think that's you, you could do that. But once again, you're playing in the best of three, and if you're relying on just trying to donk, once again, like once your Raikou gets knocked out, I think you're in a bad situation. The list that made top eight did play double Raikou. I'm pretty sure. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I played double Raikou and three Maridon. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get the turn one knockout like a set, but then after that, he kind of went downhill. So right. Uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, it's very consistent and, and good to set up, but in that mid to late game, uh it lacks maybe that that punch or whatever that card is to get it over the top. Uh, but there's definitely time for both uh, you know, Gardevoir and Maridon to uh, get a card here or there or somebody figure out um you know something that just makes it that much better um so you know it was nice to see at least one or two decks uh or one of each make make top eight um and i think there's definitely room to grow on both um so don't don't sleep on those get- decks i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah i i think i think maridon was i don't know what i was here was listening from other places that Maridon wasn't expected to do that well. It, it kind of mm-hmm. felt like uh, a very flashy deck that is it, high rolly. So they thought it wouldn't consistently do that over over a long tournament. Yeah. So I think arguably with with Robert making top eight with Maridon, I it may, it may arguably overachieved, like not over like it may. One could consider it overachieved because they weren't expecting it to get that far, um, but I think, I think uh, you can kind of expect it to do that well. But at the same same time, you are, as you guys mentioned, you kind of are high rolling. So if you can't, it has that consistent first turn setup, and it's pretty pretty good at doing that, which is why. Josh had mentioned it's doing well in Japan because they're best of ones. And if you're really good at setting up every game, then that's going to help you in a best of one format. But in a best of three, if you can weather that first turn, that's the biggest thing I think decks can do is if you can weather the Maraid on first turn and then just start picking it apart because it doesn't have, it's all early game in that deck. So the late game is literally like, Trying just like how do I close this out? Give me away, please. I, I feel like playing against it. Right. Um, yeah. That's, I, so I think I think it has room to grow, seeing that it made at least top eight. So there is the potential because you're high rolling that you can you know you might be able to make it that far. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. 
Um, and the next deck I want to talk about, you know, there's a lot of Lost Block variants, and I kind of want to just go over a, a few of them quickly. Um, but the one that, you know, a lot of people were hyped up going into EUIC, especially in North America. Um, and, you know, that's all I see on, like, a lot of the decks I see on Twitter or here locally um, is the Lost Box Garatina. Um, just being able to, you know, uh, hit one, or 280, uh, great number, and then use the V-Star to just take insta-KOs. Uh, big Paracel's out of the format now with rotation. So, you know, we were thinking, okay, Garatina's good to go. Uh, maybe we're a little bit slower uh, of a format. So that was what kind of hurt the deck in the past. Um, it didn't really see a huge, um, you know, amount of meta uh, share in day one. And it didn't really see a super, a lot of uh, success, I guess. Um, why is that? I guess uh, we'll start with Josh here. Um, so I think the first thing we did talk about is like a Japan. Mm-hmm. Japan got really got to test the Lost Box Garatina in the first place, mm-hmm. and then once the Western world saw that it was it was doing good, everybody started playing like Four Judge. You still looking at lists, even Gardevoir was playing Judge in their decks, a deck that needs you know rare candy, you know multiple Pokemon. They they were even playing Judge to try to counter the decks. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why we don't see it doing so well is like. Judge hurts the Giratina Lost Box decks more than the regular Lost Box decks because you need so much more of the Giratina builds, whereas mm-hmm. the regular Lost Box, you don't need as much as they do. So I think that's the big problem is Judge. I don't even know. It had to be a huge percentage of the decks for sure. 100%. And then I also feel like with all the other Lost Box variants, you didn't have, I mean, some of them you still had two prize liabilities, but um, with Giratina, obviously you're trying to get to the V Star in you know 90% of the matches. Um, and I always felt like no matter what, even if I had a great turn one going second, my opponent would somehow always just gust me. Um, and, and if they're not going to judge me, gust me and just take that easy uh, two prize liability that literally is doing nothing on its first turn um, of, of you playing it out there. It's not like uh, the counter box that has, um, you know, um, Raikou or, or um, Drapion or anything like that, uh, that come out there and do what they want to do. And then you take a knockout, but you're still probably theoretically at least at least even on the price trade, but not you know, or or ahead. But with Garatina, I just feel like um, if they take that early game knockout on your Tina, you're just behind on the, the price trade. And then that now, what do you do? Because now you're 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 it's just too hard to catch up. Yeah, that's the the probably the biggest difference with the the three like lost zone builds that you you saw in Tina being. Uh, I found the I found that. Uh, image i think you were looking for being in nine percent of the total day one meta yeah uh 134 people playing it compared to the the twice as many with the like the lost box right other right, right so i i think what people saw was that that giratina which is exactly what you were mentioning becoming because it needs to evolve the, the turn the pinnacle turn the pivotal turn is is getting it out and being able to not lose it before you evolve it um, I think everyone saw if you can, if you can uh, kind of disrupt that turn or take that knockout, you greatly reduce that deck's ability to be able to favorably trade um, against you. Whereas all the other lost the lost box builds, they're not putting that liability on the board. Usually, if that two prize liability comes out, it's doing something. It's taking two prizes that t- turn right. or taking a pivotal knockout. For you 
Um, that's the only time it comes down. Otherwise, it's sitting in hand until it needs to be used or or staying in the deck. Right, right. Yeah, I, again, it, it also just feels a little clunky um, with the energy. And I don't know, it just... In this meta, I, it's not hard to get uh, the flower selectings or that or that loss zone going. It just feels like there's a lot... There's still a lot more pieces overall just to get, get Tina up and running. Um, but, you know, we'll see if, you know, if... You know, somebody cracks out that deck and makes it uh, viable uh, in the future. Um, you know, obviously, uh, its V-Star power is one of the most uh, powerful attacks in the game. Uh, so, you know, I don't see it, like, completely going away in the meta. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe maybe if uh, Judge stops being played after Iono comes in or something where it's not necessarily as bad for you um, as a setup when you're getting six cards instead of four. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's arguably going to be worse because if the cards are in your hand, they're going to the bottom of the deck, which true. Lost, we'll see. Lost maybe maybe they're not. I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay. So another another lost box variant um, that does have a um, stage one that saw some some success and was pretty popular out there was Gudra. Um, maybe not seeing the same kind of thing where you know the that two prize liability is setting up. Um, I mean, it's basically kind of the same kind of strategy as like the early game and then the late game is maybe a little bit different uh, with the tank ability. But um, do we have any reason why you think that that Gudra did overall better than Garatina when you would maybe think it was the other way around? I think I, I'll, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll go first. But I think Gudra uh, is is more capable of capitalizing on what it was picking up towards the end of the last minute in that uh, there are less things that can just straight hit it to KO it. Um, especially out the gate, I think, like, probably Gardevoir. I don't even know if Gardevoir can do it, actually. Uh, there's a Pokemon in there that will actually hit hard enough to get, if Gudra, like, has attacked already. Um, so I think it's just capitalizing on the fact that it is really hard to KO unless you're playing rope boss or or things like that in your deck to to take it down. Um, because essentially, uh, as long as it also kind of the same thing with the Giratina, um, but it it kind of doesn't care about benching two Gudras, so you can you can you can only maybe lose one. Uh, but if you can. Uh, get the Gudra down and have it stick, and then you can Mirage Gate it, or you can kind of just charge it up over three turns. Um, and then from that three turns, even if you've lost a Comfey or a Cramorant every turn, uh, you can kind of just hold out and, and retake your prizes. So that's my thought. What say you guys? Um, yeah, I think Gudra just saw an increase of play because like its worst matchup was like definitely Lugia because of Evatol, just like be able to watch out the Gudra. Mm -hmm. Now that that's gone, like you said, there's really not a deck that could just like watch out the Gudras anymore, just like take it down. And it just has so much tankiness. Is it it's it is interesting to look at the the results. There was one in fifth and one in ninth place. The ninth place person, their two losses was to Gardevoir. So I don't know how that matchup works out, but their only two losses was to the Gardevoir. So I don't. I have no um, idea what that maybe is. if a Gardevoir player is getting like the shiny Arcada, like charged up, uh, per, you know, a couple turns ahead and really load up on energy, 
Um, they can go above. I don't know how many energies those guard, uh, those guardy players were playing, but um, yeah, I think you're right. Overall, um, it loses a lot of like the one shot potential decks. I don't even think um, Lugia with um, with Titar, even with four uh, of those of the single strike energies, I don't think it's enough to take knockout. Right? If if Gudra attacked the turn previous, yeah, because it's three twenty max. If I remember doing math correctly on that, yeah, it's three twenty max. But then if uh, if Gudra hit, I mean, I, it's just not quite quite there. You have to do three fifty. You have to do three fifty to Gudra if it's I at mean, full. I guess health. they can get a belt too. Uh, so it's it's it's. I guess it's possible, but just very unlikely. There's a mm -hmm. lot of cards that you need to get out there. That's, that's uh, a lot to of take that out. that's a lot of moving parts for Lugia to have. In... <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I mean, Gudra. I, I think it's it's going to stay Gudra and Duraludon. Uh, both uh, still fit, you know, the niches they're in, and I think they just overall have less counterplays against them. Um, so, um, I guess I was I was gonna wait to talk about Alex's list later, uh, but obviously he he won with uh, Duraludon Arceus build, which Chuck you did say um, last week. Uh, what what would be like a rogue deck or a deck that was unexpected to win? And I did say Arceus Fox with some some kind of thing in there, so I guess I got that right. Um, yeah, yeah, and Alex Romanski takes down the his first, um, you know, um, IC, which uh, congrats on him. I know he's finished second multiple times, and just to take it down, um, against Tord was awesome, but yeah, uh, I, not that Duraludon necessarily did a lot in that matchup, but let's just talk about the Duraludon aspect at least to start. Um, because <clears throat> obviously, I'm sure it came in key. Uh, but how do you, we feel that Duraludon uh, sits in the meta right now after watching uh, these games transpire? I mean, just going over his his list, it was definitely an Arceus pile of things that counter uh, things in the meta. So the Duraludon being a big piece, the Vulpix coming very, being very, very clutch. Uh, but as the as far as the Duraludon, I mean, you're looking at Lugia still being a very big portion of the meta. Uh, it was 18%, uh, which is uh, strictly uh, all special energy deck. Duraludon um, mm -hmm. just being also a 330 HP Pokemon. Um, hard to KO in general, uh, which probably plays uh, well into other matchups. Um, Max uh, is also another special energy deck that it probably uh, likes to play against. Um, and then being hard to KO against like a Maridon or even Boss Box, uh, being able, like having to do a lot of damage to that before it just kind of like chucks through Comphase and Cramorants. So right. I know his what, list also it, had it, had a cheeky penny in it. So right, uh, right. Yeah, was, yeah, there was a definitely it was definitely a counter box. But as far as just like the Duraludon, where do you feel? Um, in the next coming months, do you do you think Duraludon's here to stay still? I think it's. I I mean I'll let Josh answer, but I I think it's gonna have a, a place, but just not maybe a, a deck of its own. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like we already said. Duraludon was like is such an auto win against Lugia. Well, against the Lugias that are coming out this weekend. So if if Alex played against Lugia, he was automatically gonna win it. They didn't have an answer. Um, it destroyed that. Also, does 220 HP, which destroys any Maridon hope as well, because they all have 220 HP. 
you can easily a 220 or less um you look at uh gudra we talked about gudra it just it just goes through gudra that yeah. was already a, a hard matchup as it was and then now yeah. like draw on still just turning through them like this quickly so i mean like look at the meta like any special energy decks it's not gonna do anything against Duraldon. even other rcs decks if they didn't have an answer to Duraldon, yeah, they got the Giratina. But if they if they weren't playing Giratina and didn't have an answer for Duraldon, that Arceus Duraldon was better. Like let's say the Pikachu version or something like that. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't hit through that Duraldon either. So right. Uh, so yeah, Duraldon yeah, think, was just a good answer. Duraldon, yeah, he's definitely a good answer right now. And I think a lot of people um, are scrambling to try to figure out what the best deck is now to to answer for. Uh, that tank ability uh, of Duraludon and the versatility it, it kind of has uh, in the meta. Uh, let's talk about the the bull picks portion of it. Uh, I know uh, a lot of people, including myself, has underrated this card. Um, you know, thinking that it wasn't a good enough card, but clearly um, in in the Gardevoir matchup, but in, in plenty of others, um, you know, being able to hit Pokemon and then just not um, you know take damage from Pokemon with abilities. Uh, pretty good. Uh, do we think that we're going to see an influx of of Vulpix V stars uh, in the in the near future? I I think you'll see an influx only to their own detriment. Um, I think uh, I think toward put on display like the uh, need for an attacker in in Gardevoir, just even just one that can attack that doesn't have an ability. Right. Um, whatever it may be um I, I don't know who ever said like who who what people think it might be but i think if you just put one in there then uh the vulpix really can't close off the game because it's got low hp uh it, it's it's easily like taken care of um it's just it's basically kind of cheesing that like well you don't run anything without an ability so haha uh, so it, I just it, I think people latch on to it because of that, but I think other people that want to play Gardevoir are just going to adapt. And, right. uh, uh, I do that. have an idea that I want to run through both of you guys uh, on that matchup, but before I do, I want to get Josh's take um, on the Vulpix and its place in the meta right now. Um, so Vulpix actually did something a little bit more interesting too that people didn't talk about. It also counters some of the Lost Box decks. Um, because they have ability that actually can't hurt the Vulpix. Um, right? If uh, it has a I need to pull Vulpix up. I don't I don't remember what he does completely off the yeah, top so of my head, to be honest with you. During your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to his Pokemon by attacks from Pokemon that have abilities. So like Gujra has an ability, so Gujra can't hurt it. Right. Uh, Radiant Charizard has an ability, it can't hurt it. Cramorant has ability, so it can't hurt it. So it did counter Gardevoir very very well, but uh, there's so many other decks that if you just put out this like Vulpix Vsar and they don't have a Pokemon that you know doesn't have an ability, you could just like sweep it if they're not prepared for it. Right. I mean, definitely is. I think it's one of those cards, um, like we've seen in the past, like Decidueye or or Zamazenta V at the time, um, where if you just didn't respect it or have an answer, you just lose to it. Uh, so it's just uh, you know, do you respect it in a meta at the time? Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where you see up and down, up and down. Um, but, you know, my, you know, first and foremost, I haven't been able to play it um, like too, too much since uh, 
you know, seeing bull picks take it down. But, you know, one of the, the things that that may or may not work, and this might sound crazy, um, is just putting like Path to the Peak in like a Gardevoir deck. Uh, because if you put it down after you've set up, now you can put it down and you don't technically have abilities. So you can just hit right through that, unless I'm saying something wrong, but I'm pretty sure that you're allowed to do that. You're correct. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, but uh, that will um, limit you to only being able to hit it with Zashian or you risk risking your Gardevoir EX because it well, doesn't yeah, turn yeah. off. It, it doesn't it, it it you 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 do your setup before you play it down and with that oh, deck no. yeah. and with that deck you 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 throw away a lot of cards anyways with refinement um and there's obviously other examples of decks that could be using this if if Wolfpick sees an influx of play but like that was just like the first thing that came to my mind um to try to counter that that Volpix play if you see it running rampant through the meta no it, it's a it's a great option um but you will like you will have to play around that fact in 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 your Gardevoir build it being able to remove it and and or you know risk your Gardevoir ex in doing the attacking. I know that was kind of like the closer attack, unless you had a second one up or something like that. Right, right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll have to you know adapt as a community um this you know is to see what that's doing but the next deck i do want to talk about is is sanders control deck um that that deck was very interesting uh had a bunch of different plays um and and a sneaky good card that i think was uh maybe not necessarily underrated but a card that has already become one of my least favorite cards in the meta uh is is the the um now i'm forgetting the what's what's the one yeah, the Maul Wild. Yeah, you can't retreat uh, because, you know, right now in this meta with uh, Beach Court and a lot of the, you know, energy acceleration decks, Gardevoir, uh, Lugia, um, even Lost Box to an extent, there's a lot of just like manual retreating. Um, and that, that Maul Wild just messes things up. Like It's crazy um, how, how one card like that could really just turn a whole deck on its head. I didn't I didn't see that Maul Wild coming. I mean, I didn't see it like being a, a thing that people were even having on mm -hmm. their their radars. So I mean, that was pretty pretty wild in 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 my eyes. Hundred percent. I mean, I'm not much of a control player, and I don't know if I got to really watch a lot of Sanders plays. I don't know, Josh, if you were able to watch any of his games. Yes. So he only streamed once, and it gets it was against Gardevoir, um, unfortunately. So he just went for the. Mawal play on like on a Cresselia. Right. And then like when it almost got knocked out, he just pinned it back up, which I think is the main focus of his strategy against a lot of decks. You just Mawal pinning it back up when it's almost knocked out and just loop it. So. Yeah. And and since then, like I like I said, I have I didn't get to really watch a lot. Um I didn't see those games, but um and I, I don't know if I'm gonna comment on the rest of it because there's just too much big brain stuff in there. But the Mawal itself, um, I've seen it pop up in other decks or, or copycat decks um, since then. I think that was a lot that hurt me after I was talking about like my, my ice cold run this weekend. Uh, people you learned about the mall wild tech and I wasn't prepared for it at first. And uh, it definitely like, it feels bad when you're ahead five prizes to none, and then you just can't retreat and do anything. Um, so um, 
Yeah, I think I, that might be a sneaky one of in a lot of different decks. Yeah, it, I will. It, it, oh, sorry, you're good. Go, no, go ahead, Josh. I was gonna say the uh, actually the highest place in Mall Wall was in a Sablezar deck. So it was it was in Pedro. I think it was Pedro's uh, yes. Lost Box that he mm-hmm. used it to uh, lock people up, and he and they have a loop because he plays the Pidgeot. Right, I believe so. Uh, a lot of decks are are I I've I've seen a lot of decks just going deep. What am I by say that like they're just going through their deck? Gardevoir. I mean, mm-hmm. We saw Tor get down to like two cards. Both like the the games we saw play uh, at the finals and stuff like that. So like like they're just getting really low on cards. And if you can just you know let me uh let me just lock this character. This let me lock this Pokemon in the active, and you can't hit me with it. Like, um, you'll get that deck out win, or or just be able to. They'll be out of the, out of tools to be able to get used get out of it. Right, tools or resources. Yeah, you could even put it in like a guard of war too, to like for the mirrors or something. Maybe not the mirrors, but like um. Well, yeah, you mirrors. You just gr- gust up Gurninja, uh, and then you know, stick him there because then he can't attack. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Um, I think this small wow might find its way in a lot more decks. Um. You know, maybe over this other card that um, I think I'm underwhelmed with. I, I was actually, I I guess I, by me saying underwhelmed is not really do it justice. I think there was a lot of other people that had a hype on this card, and that was Klefki, um shutting stuff down. I think that card's overrated. I know it saw some success, but overall, I think it just clunks up both players' decks at the same time. I don't know. Do you guys have any uh, thoughts on Klefki right now? Klefki's bad. It's the new Empoleon V that people played that yeah. didn't work for them. Yeah. I At least Empoleon could attack. Mm-hmm. And he had some kind of like uh, playability, especially in, in Palkia decks. But yeah, Klefki, um, I think I've played against Klefki uh, IRL or or online since uh, this came out, maybe like, tw- like maybe 20 times-ish. Um, and I think it only stuck me once where it like, ruined my game state but other than that it was a pretty easy wor- workaround just to get my board state set up so i think left is a lie 100 percent. yeah i mean essentially it's you need two or you can play or, or it's like they're they're being it's going to be played around and so that's taking up two slots and then you also have to work the the magic of uh you getting it out of the active for your turn so that you can actually do something um like or attack and then uh then you're just then you're just opening up their turn right i mean but like so the thing is like it's just like against like lugia against against um against gardevoir or any of these you know pokemon that have pokemon the evolve against arceus with um you know with the barrel um Buffy's not shutting any of those powerful abilities off. Uh, anyway, so if they're both, if you're both kind of slow uh, setup because the Klefki's kind of altering both decks, you're probably still just going to win anyways. <laughs> so I don't know. Don't play uh, Klefki is uh, is is my advice, I guess. No, I I I agree with you. I think the high that just I was trying to figure it out. The highest placed Klefki was at 49th. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, right. I don't think it's worth playing either. All right, so there's two more decks we need to talk about, um, and and then I'll leave the you know the floor to you guys. But um, uh, let's start with Mew. 
Um, UV Max still seeing success, uh, you know, made top eight uh, with 12% meta share um, as, uh, you know, on day one. Uh, Mew still does Mew things. It didn't really lose much to rotation. Um, clearly, it still can beat, uh, you know, any of these, you know, big decks. Uh, do we see Mew going anywhere? Uh, anything to add to Mew, I guess, uh, than, you know, the last year and a half or whatever it's been? I think if anything, Mew gets more consistent because it shouldn't be playing Aerodactyl anymore. There's no need for it. Uh, mm -hmm. So the deck just gets more consistent now. Um, it's just going to come down to just simple text. Do you want the Oracorio? Do you want the Dreepy? With the Pidgeot V, if you're being super tacky? Or do you go to the Meloetta build and try to be super aggressive? That's right. Kind of where we're at with Mew. Yeah. I, I Again, it's, it sets up so great. Um, the problem with the deck, I think the main problem that most people would say is it has the three prize liability with Mew. Um, there's still so many people playing Drapions um, right now, justified because it's also good against Gardevoir because um, you can, a lot of those Lost Box decks can just easily power that guy up uh, with, with the uh, Mirage Gates. Uh, so that's not going anywhere. So I think that's the biggest weakness. It's still just, it's, it's still just the, um, you know, the tech uh, that everybody plays uh, for Mew. Yeah, I, I I don't know how much, I don't know where the potential for Mew can go because it has such a readily available and easy to use in any kind of deck counter. And not saying, and I know that doesn't mean like Drapion isn't the, the count, like it doesn't make Mew go away, but I just don't know how how far it can go in that never be, I think it's just around the the number we saw, like the 10%. I think right. you just see 10% use in, in the meta. People that are, have grown used to playing it and then they just hope to pop off. And then that's, that's about it. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly yeah. though, um, I was just looking, I think the best performing Meloetta Mew was like 78 place. There was like eight or eight or nine more, uh, just double turbo muse uh, way above it. Obviously, one making it in the top four. So, like, I don't know what it is with Meloetta Mew because it should be better. I think I'm thinking on the head uh, sims. It, it seems better. Well, yeah, well, just creating and and being able to mess with things. It should be a little bit better in my head, but uh, it's not as performing as well. I did see this like one meme. It was like. Start of a new meta, Meloetta super hype. Meta gets developed, Meloetta gets trash, and then it starts <laughs> all over again. Like Meloetta's hyped in every new set, then it, it turns out okay, the deck's trash. Oh, new set it comes back. But it is interesting to note that Pablo's two of his three losses were both to Tord with Gardevoir. I thought he beat Tord in um So he did beat two. He did beat Tord. He was yeah. he was uh he beat Robin, Pedro, they're all playing Ed Tord, they're all playing Gardevoir. But he was 3-2 against Gardevoir that weekend, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, it's a close matchup for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. We, there's still more testing to be done. I definitely don't think the Gardevoir wants a Drapion in there at all. Um, so it's just a matter if, you know, the Gardevoir player can, you know, um, sequence correctly and get those energy resources on the right Pokemon. 
Um, but yeah, the last tech we're going to talk about, and you know, we talked about this deck extensively last format. It has not gone anywhere. It still saw play in the top eight, um, you know, littered through day two. Um, Lugia, Archaeops, uh, basically single strike, but you know, there's probably a couple other versions in there. Um, the deck just stays super consistent. Um, and it has the attackers, uh, aside from Lugia to, to keep going. So, um, where do you think that Lugia fits in the, the near future and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Lugia? I mean, the deck is just has one of the most broken abilities. You can attach energies as, as often as you like through your deck. And even the two decks that made top eight both actually played Duraludon on their list, which is right. very interesting. It's just showing like, hey, Lugia can literally put anything it wants in its deck and it can just counter the meta because it just it can just have answers because you can literally put any energies on the field. So Yeah. And 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 a lot of people are like, okay, well it, you'll just play uh Duraludon against it and then it will stop it. We kind of already talked about that with uh Duraludon, but if if it plays its own Duraludon, it can just set up and hit. <laughs> so uh there it's definitely a give or take. So uh, the deck feels like it's in a great spot. Um, you know, it still it still trades favorably against a lot of matchups. Um, it maybe loses the versatility of the the prize mapping of having so many attackers that uh, at, uh, you know uh, one prizers. Um, but you you still have uh, the Stone Journer and then you know two prizers with the Ttar. Um, and obviously, we talked about Duraludon can be in there, and you can just throw another. Uh, uh, a bunch of different Pokemon in there and it would be viable. Um, so I, I still think Lugia, um, if you're a Lugia fan, keep playing. If anything, I think it got a little more consistent to set up uh, with uh, Mezagoza in there. Um, and then a lot of people are like, okay, it's a flip, a flip deck more. Um, but when you're playing the incense, if you, you know, if you get, if you get the tails and get the basic, the tails is basic. I right? Uh, either way, if you get the basic, you can get the fish out there. Get the brunette, throw her away. If you get the tail or the heads and get the, the evolution, obviously you can get those guys out there and start discarding that way. Um, so I feel like it's almost got more consistent, at least the setup um, uh, that early game. Yeah, it is. I mean, the builds of it are very flippy with the aroma and the mezagoza. So it might just be one of those. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think it might be more along the lines of power of, of new in that if it gets what it wants, then it just kind of motors. You know what I mean? It's like right. smooth sailing. But then if you're if you're getting the bad, like not the flips you want, you're not seeing the cards off the draws that you do make, then it, it'll just kind of feel like a pile a little bit, maybe. Maybe. Right. Any uh, other uh, closing thoughts on Lugia or really just the meta in general? Lugia's going to adapt and just keep finding new places to win. So, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. Uh, so it's just a matter of do you want to play, you know, the, that BDIF or you want to play the counter. Uh, so that's where we are right now. I think. Yep. Agree. Right. I think that's going to do it for us. Um, but before we let you go, Josh, um, this is your time uh, to plug away. Uh, shout outs, all that. Uh, where can we find you? Um, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So floor is yours. Yeah. So if you're interested in YouTube con uh, content, uh, that's all I do. I don't do Twitch or anything like that, but it's just Team Fish Knuckles. 
uh, just Team Fish Knuckles on YouTube. Uh, I tweet a lot. I retweet a lot. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm on Twitter all the time. It's one of my favorite things. So you can find me on there at TFK Pokemon. Uh, yeah, Team Fish Knuckles. If you Google it, you'll find it very easily. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and definitely check them out. Um, definitely with with the EUIC, uh, the, the videos that you're putting out there, um, very top quality. And if you're trying to catch up on the meta or you know, you're a little bit behind, um, Josh is showing you the way, um, as he did with our interview here, uh, talking about EUIC. Um, and it's 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 nice. It's a nice follow. And I, I know I noticed that you do also do card openings as well. Uh, so I, I know for me, whenever like a set first drops, I'm always in for the first couple of days. I'm like, OK, I got to watch some openings. So um, you definitely do that. So I'm definitely going to jump in on you. The energy you put to those uh, those card openings are are high energy and genuine, I feel. Uh, so give them a give them a look uh, or a follow there on on YouTube and and definitely on Twitter as well. Smash that like button and hit subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and thank thank y'all for having me on here too. I've listened to the podcast more, for a very long time. Like I can say oh, that. Thank much. you, thank you. So, that that yeah. means a lot to me, the world to me and Chuck. I know um, uh, we don't necessarily do the the um, the YouTube, um, not so much the Twitch right now, just with life in the way. Uh, but you know, having um, folks like yourself um, supporting us in the podcast that means the world. Uh, this community is awesome. And, you know, just being able to support one another uh, is what it's all about. Yeah. Concur. All righty. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Josh, uh, for hanging out with us this week. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.